0: Who's ready to enter 2014 victoriously, born in a conqueror, amen? Let's get ready to worship Jesus. Those that are in the lobby area, please bring it in. Everybody can please stand up. I would like to call up my sister, Christina Rivera, that's going to give us a testimony. Sister Christina, please bring it up. Let's give her a hand. All right, all right, here she is.
1: Amen, amen. Thank you, uh, thank you all for being here today. Welcome to the church. I want to testify right now about what what God has done. I haven't, I haven't always been a Christian, you know. I was, I did a lot of bad things before I came to Jesus. I lived a life of uh, sin, sexual immorality, you know, having sex outside of marriage, doing things my own way. By the time I was uh, 16, 17, I was already pregnant. So now I have a five-year-old daughter. Um, single mom and then I when I came to God I was just broken you know I was broken so many people had hurt me I the church had hurt me the church had let me down you know Um, even though I grew up in a Christian home I I wasn't Christian I knew God but I didn't know what it was to have that relationship with God and um, now I know the difference and I knew I needed Jesus when uh, a close member of my family passed and I felt like everything was just falling apart falling apart and um, I came to and God, God had another plan for me, and, uh, he called me into full-time ministry, and right now, I'm serving, I'm serving the Lord, and, you know, even after coming to God, God gave me so many promises, and all these, all these promises that he gave me, and, um, and, uh, I dealt with pride, and rebellion, and, uh, you know, going against my leadership, you know, like, and even, even when I wasn't faithful, you know, like God was faithful. A lot of times my mind changed and my heart. I was like, maybe this isn't for me. Or, you know, I was struggling with a lot of things. Even when I came to Christ, like ponies and rainbows didn't fall out the sky, skies. But how many of you guys know that God is faithful? You know? And no, and uh, the Bible says, you know, when you when you sow in tears, you will reap in joy. And nobody cries more for you than Jesus, you know? So just be encouraged that God is faithful. And, and you know, Christmas, like God, God just man, just, God's just awesome, you know, and now, now I have an awesome fiance, I got engaged, you know, so God, those promises that God gave me, God kept them, you know, and I'm encouraging you that God is going to keep those promises that he gave them, so guard your testimony, guard your hearts, you know, and just know that God's, God's going to do it, you know, so let's get ready to worship the Lord, I just want to pray, hallelujah, Jesus, God, we thank you, God, for this time, God, God, we thank you, God, for your faithfulness, God, for your mercy, for your grace, God, God, for calling us out of darkness into light, God, for adopting us, God, into your kingdom, God, as your children, God, God, and for calling us out, God, into righteousness, God. We worship you, Jesus, God, and I pray, God, that everyone in this place may experience your presence today, God, that it become real to them, God, that you speak to them promises, God, that they will cling to, God, until you come back, God, in Jesus' name, God, we worship you, Jesus, we give you all the praise and glory, in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Woo! Amen, Amen, I give the Lord a hand, clap of praise, amen. This is the last Sunday of 2013. Come on, let's end it right. Let's end it with the praise. Come on, y'all ready? Ready? God, we love you. We're excited for this morning. Come on, help me sing in your light. Cause in your light, yes, I find my strength. And in your truth, yes, I overcome. And in your grace, yes, I lose myself. In your love Sing it out You turn my tears of sadness Into such joy and gladness My heart can't keep it And I'm shouting, I'm shouting You turn my tears of sadness Into such joy and gladness My heart can't keep it And I'm shouting Lift up a shout of praise to the Lord this morning Praise the Lord. Come on, it's singing in your joy. Within your joy. Yes, I find my strength. In your hope. In your hope. Yes, I overcome. In your grace. In your grace. Yes, I lose myself. In your love Sing it You turn my tears of sadness Into such joy and gladness My heart can't keep it I'm shouting, I'm shouting You turn my tears of sadness Into such joy and gladness My heart can't keep pain, I'm shouting, I'm shouting for you hey. We Sick for you. Lord. Come on, you ready sing this prayer? We go. Here We go. Whoa, oh, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Out. whoa, 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 sing you turn you turn my tears of sadness into such joy my heart a we shout for you you turn my tears of sadness into such joy my heart can't keep it I'm shining oh oh Whoa, oh, oh, woah oh, woah oh, woah oh, 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 Whoa, oh, 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 Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
3: hallelujah hallelujah jesus god we lift up your name this morning god we raise our hands as a sign of surrender to you god the lord our lives belong to you jesus god today is for you lord we've come to worship the king of kings and the lord of lords this morning god we praise you in this place god we lift you up jesus we love you lord Can you just lift up your voice to him and say, God, thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. God, I came today to meet with you. I came today to meet with you, Jesus. No one like you, God. No one like you, Jesus. Do what only you can do in this place, God. Touch our hearts like only you can, Lord. We surrender it all to you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. You reign in the place jesus who's hungry for a touch from heaven this morning come on who's ready to hear from god jesus we desire you more than all things lord we just want to know you lord No you're my desire you're my heart's cry Lord we just want you Jesus oh fill this place God fill this place Jesus
4: just as the band plays I'm going to ask that if anybody has a prophetic word today they would write it down maybe hand it to Pastor Berto our elder but I want all of us to maybe if you want to sit down to get comfortable you can or kneel but I want us just to take the next few moments to hear a word from God that would be for you this next year coming you know coming ahead so don't get too comfortable we're going to stand back up but if you want to sit down And I want you just to meditate. And I want you to ask the Lord this simple question. If you've never done this before, you're going to learn how to hear from God. You're going to learn to hear his voice. And I want you just to ask the Lord this simple question in your own words. God, what do you have in store for me this year? What do you want to see happen in my life this year, God? Come on, just... Sit down, hear what the Lord says, and get ready to write that down. He may give you a scripture. He may just speak to your heart. But I want you to write that down. Come on, let him speak to you. Hallelujah. bands! you may be seated except for Rachel. Let you guys hear a word from the Lord this year. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Speak to us, God, just between us, you and me, Lord. What is it you want, God? What is it you desire? Maybe he'll show you a picture, a a vision. You know, a dream is what you have when you sleep. A vision is what you have when you're awake. Sometimes a vision can happen when your eyes are open. And you'll see it like uh, supernaturally. God will show you a picture or something. Other times a vision can come from your imagination, your heart. God will use it to give you something to see in the spiritual world, something that he has for you in the future, something that he wants to do. Oh, just a few more moments you can do this all this week by the way you can pray and seek God and ask him for a word but we're doing it corporately because we care about you and your walk with God we don't want you to miss out on what God has just sing a song in the spirit whatever comes to your heart as we just meditate I'm going to give you just a few more moments and then make sure you write it down don't forget about it Amen. And as you begin to receive that word, if God spoke to you, would you stand up? And if he hasn't spoke to you, I want to give you a few more minutes. But uh, those who have already received it, I want you just to stand up with me and say, Lord, I believe it and I declare it is so right now. Come on, whatever he spoke to you, just say, I believe it and I declare it in Jesus' name. If the Lord said this was your year of increase, believe it, decree it right now in Jesus' name. I believe this is a year of increase. If the Lord said someone in your family is getting saved, believe it, declare it. If the Lord said that He is going to heal you, believe it, declare it. If He said He's going to use you in a new way, believe it, declare it. We believe, Lord. We believe. We believe, Lord. Use us, God. Use us in ways we've never even dreamed of, God. You've given us just a taste, just a glimpse. Now do beyond it, God. Go greater. Go bigger in our life. Now everybody, would you stand and let's sing this out together. I surrender because that's what it's all about. It's about you giving it up for Jesus this year. It's about you doing His way. Come on, just sing out these simple words.
3: I want to know Know
4: you you more. more. Yes, I do. I want to know know you you more. more. I surrender. Come on, let's just all sing it with our hands raised today. As a sign of worship, we raise our hands to God. I I want want to know you more. And I want to know. One more time, I surrender. I surrender. Yes, I surrender. Not my will, but your will be done, God. Know I want to know you hey,
3: more.
4: I want to know you more. Amen. Would you hold somebody's hand next to you? And as you're holding their hand right now, I want you to look at their eyes and I want you to say, neighbor, get ready for what God's going to do. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on, we're going to pray for each other now. Even if you don't know what they asked for or what God spoke to their heart, just pray for your neighbor to yourself, to God, and say, Lord, bless them. Come on, just close your eyes. Pray for your neighbor. Don't worry if they're listening or not. Just pray. Even if you don't know their name, just say, the one's hand I'm holding on the left and the one I'm holding on the right. Bless them, God. Increase them, Lord. Do a work in their life this year. Bless their family. Bless their loved ones. Bless their job, their education. Whatever you've put in their heart, Lord. Do it, Jesus. Do it, God. Give them your love, your peace, your joy this year. In Jesus' name. And if you believe it, can you shout amen and give them a hand clap of praise. Come on, shout hallelujah. Woo, Hallelujah. Woo, slap your neighbor high five and just say God's doing it. Amen. You may be seated as we get ready to hear the gospel preached by the one and only Pastor Lauren Sajanski. One of our newest pastors is going to bring... You the word this morning is it not you? Oh, I thought it was you. <laughs> Who's bringing the word this morning? Oh, Pastor and Roberto,
0: Praise Jesus, Hallelujah, Amen, Amen. Praise God. We would like to uh, take uh, advantage right now this time of uh, parents, if you can dismiss your children to the uh, sound booth right over here. We have leaders going to take them to the back, and I have a message for the people. Amen. There's two different type of people in this room, right? There's people that you're here and you love God and you want to increase in, in your knowledge and understanding of God and you just want to continue to know him more, continue to love him more. And there's this other group of people that you're, you are probably were invited or you've just been coming, but your heart is not fully committed to Jesus Christ. Your heart is not fully loving God with everything that you have. And I have a message for you. Amen. I have a scripture up in the screen. If you guys can look into the projector. It's John 5, verse 24. He said the words of Jesus Christ. He says, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Now let me, let me, let me urge you, To believe in the words of Jesus Christ. This past week we celebrated Christmas, the birth of a king, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the begotten Son of God came 2013 years ago. What a miracle! Out of a virgin he came out. What a miraculous sign of God to become flesh, 100% God. Make himself, made himself less. Demonstrated his love that way. Not just that way, but live a perfect sinless life. The example that he sent for us to do as well. Live the way he did. Walk the way he walked. Speak the way he spoke. Amen. Now, if you're here and you're just questioning Jesus' words, let me tell you his words Let us found the Bible. He said that the only way to get to heaven is Is that you must be born again. He says that he is the only way, the truth, and the life. Can no one come to the Father but through me? He says that he is the bread of life. He who eats from from me, you know, eats the bread of heaven and will have eternal life in heaven. Come on. He says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He says, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the, of the power and coming to the clouds of heaven. He said, I laid down my life that I may take it up again. He said, I died, and behold, I am alive forever, and I have the keys of death and hates. These are the words that he has for you and I. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in these words have eternal life will not be judged have crossed over from dead to life now if you are in sin if you are if you're lying if you're cursing if you're having you know sexual relations out of marriage whether it's a guy with a guy or a girl with a girl a boy with a girl and a girl with the with a boy still it's sin if you're stealing if you are doing the sins that you know that you know that's not right the 10 commandments talk about them putting things before god worshiping idols these things are against God. And Jesus has the way for those things to be broken out of your life. You simply have to just come to him with sincere heart and say, Jesus, I repent. Repenting is a change. Repentance is a good thing. Repent is saying, I'm going to turn away from these things. I'm going to change. And I'm going to ask Jesus to take them. For me because he took him on the cross when he was crucified on the cross hallelujah when he took the nails when he took the whippings he said i'm taking the punishment that they deserve i'm going to take it upon myself come on that's exciting news right there he says i'm going to take the death and i'm going to go into the gates of hell and i'm going to destroy <laughs> the death from satan i'm going to say here i got the victory now and whoever believes in my words whoever holds on to my teachings will have eternal life God made it simple. Believe in Jesus. Repent of your sins. Start a relationship with Jesus Christ today, because He's coming back, and He's coming back to judge living in the death. Whether you believe it or not, Jesus is going to come, and He's going to judge according. To, he's going to judge everybody according to what they have done. He's writing everything on the book. And I hope that your name is written in the book of life. And if it's not, you can make that choice today. Say, Jesus, put my name in the book of life. Jesus, I repent. Jesus, please, accept me into heaven. Because there is a hell waiting for those that don't. Accept Jesus as Lord and Savior because he's going to come as a reigning king. And let me tell you something. That's going to be a time where you will be terrified. You better get scared right now and accept him. Not because I'm telling you to, but uh, because you want to believe it. (laughs) Then it's going to come to pass. Amen. If you can please stand up. First John chapter 4, verse 9 says, And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sins. Come on, you might have not known that you've been broken God's commandments. You might have not known how awful and sinful you have been. But let me tell you something. Jesus took your sins. There is mercy, there is forgiveness, there is a new life waiting for you. If you simply confess with your mouth and, your, and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and he is coming soon to take you, come on. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for those that have not accepted you as Lord and Savior. Lord, at first, I, I ask for the fear of God to come upon their hearts. Father, I ask that your spirit begin to convict their hearts of sin, Lord, Father. Oh, God, because heaven and hell is awaiting for a soul. Oh, God, and I pray that heaven will be for those that are here tonight this morning, Father, to accept you. So, Lord, I just thank you for the work that you're doing of your spirit right now in the hearts of people. That your word, God, be that double-edged sword right now, Father. May your word, Father, God, be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Right now, I would like you, I would like to invite you, if that was you that accepted Jesus and repented, please come out to the couple right by the Waho Salido and Cynthia. They want to pray for you and encourage you to be disciples because Jesus made disciples, not church goers, not believers, but he wants you to be a committed follower. Amen. You're welcome to come right over here. And we want to take a moment to confess our, uh, recite our confession of faith. Those that don't have a, I'm sorry. Those that want to have it in a piece of paper and read it, raise your hand. We have a ushers right over here. We'll pass them out to you so you can follow through. Amen. Anybody else? Let's recite this in the count of three. Amen. Everybody ready? We recite this. Every every Christian church in the entire world believes this. This is the Christian worldview that we defend, that we fight for, that we are going to stand for it. ever. Amen. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world. The Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection. And the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles, prophets, elders, and deacons in which the gates of hell should not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Let's give God a praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's spend the next couple minutes just saying hi to each other. Be someone you haven't met yet. We'll get ready for the service.
5: Give somebody a high five as you make your way back to your seats. It's good to see everybody here again. I'm sure you all had a wonderful time with your families. Welcome to Metro Praise International. Look to your neighbor say, it's so good to see you here this morning. Praise God. Our services here at Metro Praise International are every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and every Friday evening, we have our Elevate Youth Group that meets at 7 p.m. Elevate. Amen, amen. We want to invite every first-time visitor here this morning. Thank you for joining us. If you did not receive this brochure, our ushers will get this to you. Just simply fill out the bottom portion, drop it in the, in the drop box, and we'll love to connect with you throughout the week. Welcome and get to MPI. Uh, Our vision here is very simple. It's loving God and loving people. Can you guys say that with me on the count of three? One, two, three, loving God and loving people, two greatest commandments that Jesus gave to us. We also have a discipleship strategy. It's three steps. It's connect, mentor, and send. We wanna connect you to Jesus and to life groups, mentor you, and we wanna send you out. And so the way that works here is we connect you to our life groups throughout the week. And if you have this handout, Our life group schedule is on the back and you could pick one that meets your needs, your family's needs, your schedule, all organized in different categories. And this is what's happening just this week at MPI. If you wanna know what's going on, who's getting together, our life groups for this week is today, Sunday, is our encounter night prayer here at this church, at this location at 5 p.m. So every Sunday night, we have encounter night life group. If you wanna just go deep with God, enter, press into worship, they're gonna be here. And then Friday, our adult life group is having a Bible study at 7 p.m. with Pastor Berto, who was just up here and his lovely wife, Pastor Griselda. They have a Bible study at their house every Friday at seven. So if you wanna just be around people, love God, get into the word, be taught, learn more, that's where you wanna go. And then of course, uh, Saturday, our evangelism life group, all ages, 5 p.m. So these are the life groups that happen every week. Pick one, join one. And just get connected somebody say get connected amen and then we want to mentor you we have our 101 book called welcome to your new life we have leaders ready take you through this according to your schedule it could be once a week it could be once a month and then our 201 is a class on Sunday mornings disciples that make disciples and basically what this is is our way of training you to be a leader so if you want to get connected and mentored and just grow in God and be used for him in his kingdom then th- this is what we have to offer you and then we want to send you out to evangelize to share your faith on the streets and your workplaces and your neighborhoods and our vision here our goal at MPI is to have 100,000 disciples with 50 churches in Chicago and 500 around the world. And if you believe we can do that, say amen. Look to your neighbor say, we can do it. Come on, all by God's grace. And you have a part to play in that. Amen? Praise God. At this time, we are going to prepare to give our tithes and offerings. We believe here that a tithe is a 10% of your total income. And we believe that the teachers teach that, that the scriptures teach that very clearly, that a 10% belongs to the Lord. And so that's what we teach. And anything above that is considered an offering to the Lord. And we designate that here at MPI towards missions and a building fund. So 10% of your total income belongs to Jesus. Anything other than that, anything above that, is an amount between you and the Lord. Amen. If you could please turn with me to Leviticus 27, verse 30. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. And I'm just going to take my time to share with you from the scriptures, from the Bible, what God says about this. Because we believe that it's confirmed, it's taught very clearly, and we should, as believers, follow it. Amen? So Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. If you're there, say, I'm there. Not a lot of people are there. You can see it right on the screen. A tithe of everything from the land whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Come on, somebody say amen. So obviously today we're not tithing with fruits and vegetables. We are tithing with our finances. We are tithing from the paycheck we get from our job. This is what the scriptures teach all throughout, that the tithe belongs to the Lord. It says it is holy to the Lord. That word holy means it's separate. It belongs to him. And so I just want to continue to, as we come up here week after week, we teach that. We want to ingrained in your mind that your tithe, everything that you have, 100% of what we have, belongs to Jesus. But he asks for 10%. Why? Because that is how he's going to allow his church to grow and expand. For years after years, the church has grown because faithful givers and tithers in the body of Christ have r- r- risen up and said, I'm going to give to the kingdom of God. Amen? And at this time, Joe's going to come on up. And just present the Philippines missions trip to you. One
4: more time. Let's give it up for the Philippines. Amen. One more time. This is it. And then we're going to do it. Somebody say, let's do it. Okay, open up your Bibles with me quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It was funny, my dad was visiting here, he goes to a traditional kind of church, and he said, how many messages do you guys have on a Sunday? Uh, if you count them, we have quite a bit, don't we? We have the gospel presentation, we have a tithe and offering, we have a preaching, and then sometimes in between all of that, we preach again to you. So we like to have about three or four messages a week. Somebody say, that's all right. Are you guys with us this morning? Are you guys like just here? Okay, I want to make sure you guys are here. I'm excited you're here, and I want you to hear what God said About giving through his servant Paul. Paul was an apostle, and he worked in the churches of that day. And one of the places he worked was in Corinth, which was a city. So he's writing to the Corinthians, because they're from where? Corinth. So if he was writing to people in Chicago, it would be the Chicago Ends. There you guys go. Look at chapter 8, verse 1. And now, somebody say, and now. Thank you, brothers and sisters. We want you to know about the grace. Somebody say, Grace. That God has given the Macedonian churches. Okay, so why did the Macedonian churches need grace? Were they sinning a lot? Were they breaking the Lord's commands? Were they stealing and lying? And he's like, I'm so glad God gave you guys grace. You're not going to hell. Is that why he gave them grace, was so they would uh, be forgiven of their sins? Now, you see, grace is a big word, and it covers a lot of subjects. And the way that we're most familiar with grace, karos in the Greek, is forgiveness of sins. But we don't understand that grace also empowers us to do things. By the grace of God, I'm a father to my children. By the grace of God, I am a husband to my wife. Are you guys with me? By the grace of God, we do stuff. So it's not only I've been forgiven by the grace of God. No, it's by the grace of God, we do a lot of great stuff. So we look at the Macedonian church. He said, man, I'm so happy that God gave them grace. Now, why is he telling the Corinthian church this? He's telling them because he wants to encourage them to be like the Macedonians. And he doesn't want the Corinthians to go, oh, you know what? We're poor. We don't have a lot. We can't give a lot. We're young. We, we're in college. We we just started our career. He wants them to understand: hey, when I tell you about what the Macedonians gave to the work of God, I want to tell you, it wasn't by their own strength, it was by grace. It was by the grace of God that they did what they did okay so y'all check tracking with me here and if you guys will notice that those of you come to this church now for 2014 you'll notice the most passionate i get the most we talk about finances is when it comes to missions see i'm not even doing all this to take up an offering for us I'm doing this to take up the offering for the Philippines in 2014. So I hope what I'm saying today doesn't make you feel any unwanted pressure because I'm not even asking you to do anything today. I just want you to hear this scripture as we've gone through different ones this whole month to prepare us for 2014, not so we can just have shining lights and a cool stage and a cool band, but so that we can do this trip in the Philippines. Can I get a whoop whoop? Come on, look at verse 2. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty. Everybody say extreme poverty. Their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Somebody say rich generosity. Now listen as I read all three verses together. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Can you put up the slide for the Philippines trip? If you don't have one of these, raise your hand. We'll make sure we get you one. We've been going through it all this month because we want to go to the Philippines next December, December 2014 it was planned even before the typhoon came now that typhoon is a confirmation that we need to go out there and help them I was there all throughout Katrina relief in New Orleans cuz my ministry started there I was in New Orleans for eight years so when I lived in Chicago I went back there many times and let me tell you something a year from now the Philippines will still be needing our help the, the New Orleans area still in the ninth ward and in other places still hasn't even recovered and for three years we were still repairing homes and doing work in the communities. can you just imagine the Philippines. So here's the plan: December 2014. Next slide, please. We want to go and do an awesome mission trip. So we want to raise the funds to be able to do it. Twenty thousand dollars. It's not cheap to get the plane tickets, to have the food, and the and the budget. But we want to do it in excellence. So what we're asking us uh, the church to do is to pledge something that you can give once a month for the whole year 2014. And and if you can start at five dollars a month, do it. If you can go all the way up to 100 or more, do it. We're asking you to pray and just say, God, what can I give? And I'm telling you here, everybody can give something to missions this year. And I want to be honest, even with our young people, even if it's a quarter, give a quarter a month to missions i'm being serious because i know some people are like man i don't have a job i don't have anything i'm telling you give to god and missions my whole life everything that i've ever had or done for god has always come from the heart of missions i could keep you here all day and explain how that works because the father sending his only begotten son which for the sake of missions god's heart is on the mission field it's always been it always will be he loves the whole world red and yellow black and white they are precious in his sight. And you may say, hey, you know what? Uh, I want to give to Costa Rica. I want to give. That's fine. You need to find a church that's into that right now, okay? Go support them. That's great. This is what we're into right now, amen? And I don't say it to be sassy. I'm just telling you, we can't do everything for everybody, but we can do something for somebody. And so we prayed about let's do something in the Philippines. Now, check this out. There's way more than fifty people here, and of course, on holiday season, it drops. We got we got to pray for those that about twenty of our people went to the IHOP conference in Kansas City International House of Prayer, not the International House of Pancakes. But they went there, and we're going to pray for them. Don't let me forget to pray for them too, because they're getting boom shakalaka right now. They're getting touched by God. But here's the deal: there's more than fifty of us here, and most of us are doing pretty okay right now. The economy settled out. I talked to many of you. You may not be where you want to be, where you used to be, but you're okay. You're, you're starting to pay off some bills. If we just gave 50, an average of $50, we could raise over 30,000. Somebody may say, man, I can't do 50, 10, 5, whatever. Let's give our best. Next slide, please. We're not here to be a used car salesman. This is what we're here to ask you to do. Pray, pledge, and provide. That's it. Are you guys listening to me? God forbid if you think I begged you to do anything. I will do this without you, but it's better with you. Amen? Because if you don't want to do it, your neighbor will do it, and we'll go boom, shot, clock of blessings, and you'll be wondering what happened. I'm just trying to tell you how to get on what God's on. He's on the He's on the mission field. He's into touching lives, and our church is trying to do the best we can with what we got. And if we do the Philippines this year, maybe next year, we can do Cambodia and Thailand, maybe the year after that. I don't know where God's going to take our missionary heart, but let's just take one missionary project this year. Somebody say, uno. It's just one, just one missionary project, and let's give our best to it. Amen? And I want you to pray with us as I get ready. to. You can put up the next slide, please. Uh, I'm going to pray for the Philippines because our vision is connect, mentor, stand, not connect, mentor, stay. Okay? So connect, mentor, Everybody go, hi, Umken! That's an old Street Fighter video game. He sends out the ball of energy. Everybody goes, send. Boom. We want to send. So we send out 20 of our young people to IHOP International House of Prayer. Just they're loving on God. We want to send out our missionaries, a team of us is going to be going to the Philippines. We want to bless the people there. And we want to send you out every week to your jobs, to your family, to the ministry, to do whatever you can do for Jesus so that when somebody meets you, whether it's a customer, your boss, or employee, they can say, man, 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 how come you're so different? You could say, because I love Jesus. I'm a disciple. I've been taught to live like him. When I showed up here, I showed up with a purpose. Boom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the Philippines. Come on, let's just pray and think about what we can do this year. I guarantee you, if you hear a voice say, nothing, that is not God speaking. Father, (laughs) help us to know what we can do this year. Lord, what can we do? What can I do? What can the families do here? Lord, I pray for husbands and wives this week as I've asked, already asked them to pray, but even especially this, this last week, that, God, they'll pray husbands and wives and talk to their kids and say, what can we do? And, God, you'll answer them, and you'll give them something they can do, $25 a month, 100 whatever it is. And, Lord, I pray as we start this journey next week and we go for 12 months, That, Lord, every week, every day, every month, God, we'll just see you show up in a special way. That we'll see you bless us. We're not doing it for that, but we'll see you do it, God, because you've said that whenever we sow, we receive back. And that, Lord, more importantly uh, than the process in our life, God, we pray for the Philippines. We pray for those that have been devastated by the typhoon. We pray for those that are living in poverty. So many live uh, in a third-world status, God, without clean water, without proper medicine. Uh, Lord, even the Christians there, many of them don't have their own Bible. Their churches, God, are are very just inadequate. God, we ask that we can do something to help. Lord, we're planning out this $20,000 budget, and, and, Lord, we don't know what the needs are, but you do. And it's not going to be enough. It probably will be so little compared to the needs we face, but God, help us to help them. And use this church to make a difference so that whatever we do over there, that whatever child we give a candy to or something to eat or a Bible to a pastor or some money to remodel something that's been destroyed, that whatever we do over there, they'll be able to say, Chicago loves us. They're loving God and they're loving us. Lord, I thank you for that, and I thank you for our 20 uh, odd uh, family uh, members, moms, dads, uncles, aunts, brothers, sisters, whoever went on this trip to IHOP. God, I pray you just bless them, encourage them, let them feel a special uh, presence from you today, and uh, Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing in this church. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Would you stand to your feet as we get ready to receive our tithes and uh, offerings today, and then just next month? Whenever you want to give to missions, just circle missions. If you give online, just put missions in the in the, the text box there, and we'll make sure it gets there. Let's get the band up here. Can I get the band? I want to do like a fun song for offering today. Can we do this? Can we do the moving to the left, moving to the right? Y'all know how to drop a like a hot like that? When he's moving to the left, I'm moving to the left. Y'all know what I'm talking about? gotta get an amen? Okay. We got to make sure this man got a mic right here. Look at you in your gloves and hat. Are you? are you cold is where you come from not are you not used to this weather where you come from i know i'm kidding <laughs> it's so cold i got my gloves on look at you got like the little like the little mitten thing so you can like put those on oh you're wearing her gloves okay are you guys ready to sing this song i'm stalling for you i'm sorry dude i had to pick on somebody right here it's always seth right here but doesn't this guy look good this one give it up for seth an sum bible college student You never know who you'll find at Metro Praise, amen? You just never know who you'll find. Let's pray now for what we're given today. God, just bless what we give. Bless our increase. Jobs, promotions, raises, opportunities to do better, uh, to help our customers better. Jobs, God, to reach more people. Lord, just bless this uh, tithe and offering as it represents our income in our city in our nation. God bless America for 2014. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Will you rejoice as you give, but stand up and let's praise and worship as we do this. Come on, man, drop it like it's hot. We need this, but don't move. Let's wait for this. Do we have a guitar in the house? Do we have a keyboard? This is what happens when we break the script. This was a, this was not planned in our New Year's Eve s- service order. I'm kidding. There is no such thing. Do, do you have the guitar? Do you know how to play the song? Can we do it or do I need to put it on the stereo DJ can you get that song first look at your neighbor and say my pastor's awkward find the let's give it up for the band too as they go back to their seats thank you can't even look at them right now I can't I can't just hanging my head down I almost want to pray again come on up and give I tried to have fun on New Year's it's a party Woo! okay come on up Dance and give. I'm getting pity high fives as I'm walking back.
3: <laughs>
4: okay.
6: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Metro Praise. My name is Pastor Griselda. How are you guys doing this morning? Who's excited to be here in the house of God? I am so blessed to be here with you. We're actually finishing up a sermon series called Revival for Revolution. Somebody say Revival for Revolution. How many of you believe that our culture needs a change? How many of you believe that there needs to be something that reaches out and touches the hearts of our youth, that touches mothers and fathers, that, that transforms homes and families? You guys believe that? You guys believe that our culture is in a place where it's just it's desperate for something, and it's looking in all the wrong places? This morning, we have designed this series to let you know that that change needs to come from within the church, the body of Christ. Today in the U.S. and all around the world, we see so many signs of Jesus' coming back. You guys believe that? With all the media that we have so readily available to us, we can see of wars, of rumors of wars, right? Right? We see nations trying to rise up against nations. We see famines, like Jesus said, right? In Matthew 24, to his disciples, persecution, false prophets. All this is taking place. And the church of God is responsible to make sure that we shine bright. The church of Jesus Christ is responsible to make sure that we are the salt of the earth. Amen? A city on a hill which cannot be hidden, as Jesus Christ said in Matthew 5. The problem with today's church, though, is that we're not acting like such. We are more like the lukewarm church that we find in Revelations that Jesus spoke about. Do you guys understand that? Do you guys understand that here in America, we are more comfortable just in our own lives being a good person, being a good Christian, and there needs to be more. There needs to be a stirring in our spirit. There needs to be a stirring in the church of Jesus Christ this morning, in this season. And I thank God for this sermon series, that it's the, it's the last one of the year. And I believe God is going to do something amazing in 2014 in us and through us. Amen? Please turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 80. Verses 16 through 19. We're talking about a spiritual revival that needs to take place. The only thing that you can, the only thing that can be revived is something that was once alive. You guys understand that? Something that was once alive, maybe died some way along the way, and it needs to be revived. And here in Psalms 80, verses 16 through 19, it says, your vine is cut down. It is burned with fire. At your rebuke, your people perish. It says, let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man. You has." raised up for yourself, then we will not turn away from you. Revive us, and we will call on your name. Here the psalmist is is crying out to God, and it's saying, God, revive us. If you revive us, we will call on your name. We will turn to you. Something that was once alive and now is dead needs to be revived, and I believe that's the church of Jesus Christ. There is so much power in God's church, so much authority, so much giftings that is in within the body of christ and we don't act like it the world around us is dying and once again like i said we're comfortable in our ways what is a spiritual revival it's a holy spirit inspired awakening returning of the church to their first love of god and a self-sacrificing love for people that impacts the community with salvation and community transformation. So basically, it's it's God's church turning back and falling in love with God, making it all about him as it was in the beginning. Do you guys remember the first time you, you fell in love with Jesus? The first time you heard the gospel and you knew that he was it. And you knew that that there was no other way. Do you remember that? And your life was transformed and you were on fire and you wanted to just share Jesus with everyone. And somewhere along the way, God's church got lukewarm and it got comfortable and it strayed away from those things and made it something more about us than it was about him. And that's why we need a spiritual revival in America, in the body of Christ. Amen? A love where we fall so deeply in love with him that it carries over into our neighbors' lives. That it transforms a community and it brings a, a, a salvation into the lives of people. And a culture revolution. When we have a spiritual revival, it leads to a cultural revolution. The inward turning of a society's value systems to the commands of God, resulting in the forsaking of sin, For the righteousness of God in a culture as a whole just like we saw in Jonah you guys know the story of Jonah Jonah was reluctant a reluctant preacher God sent him to the city of Nineveh and he did not want to go he didn't like the Ninevites there was animosity between them they were Gentiles and he didn't think that they deserved God's forgiveness but God called him anyway, and when he preached, and he called them to repentance, the king sent out a decree to the land, and he said, let go of your wicked ways. He said, let us repent to God. Maybe he would relent on his anger. Because one man obeyed God's commands. Because one man knew who God was. Listen to him. Even though it took some time, he finally obeyed, and he went forth and saw a city change for God's kingdom. Amen? Well, if Maybe if just one of us in this room got it today, we would see a change in our communities. Maybe if just one of us in this room would meet with the living God, we would see a change in our families. We would see a change in Chicago, and people would not be dying in their sin. And then through this sermon series we also talked about worldviews somebody say worldview we all have a way in which we see the world based on our own beliefs and values two of the most popular beliefs here in America would be the secular worldview or the biblical worldview the secular worldview makes it all about you you decide what is right for yourself you decide what is wrong you don't have a firm foundation secular worldview does not have any kind of firm foundation because it varies from person to person depending on where you come from and what you grew up with and then we have the biblical worldview a worldview based on Christian traditional values a worldview based off the Word of God the Word of God that has stood firm from ages to ages the word of God that stands true today. And what is this biblical worldview? What does it mean? It means that we believe in the Bible. Somebody say the Bible. The 66 books found in both the Old and the New Testament. We believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, co equal and co eternal to each other. We believe in Jesus' two natures the eternal divine Son of God and equal to the Father, who took on flesh to be the Savior of the world. Therefore, Jesus is both fully human and fully divine. We believe in salvation by faith alone. Somebody say faith alone. alone. Salvation from sins can only be received by having faith in Jesus' death on the cross, his burial, and bodily resurrection. We believe in two holy practices, communion and baptism of water. We believe in Jesus' second coming. He will come back physically to this earth to rule and reign forever as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And finally, we believe in the eternal judgment, the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. And those who have received salvation in Christ will spend eternity with him. And those who have rejected Jesus will have a place of torment for all of eternity. If you're in this room, I will assume that you are probably here. And you have this biblical worldview. You place your beliefs on God's word. Amen? If this is who we are and this is what we believe in, in God's word, it's time for us to take a stand in our culture. If we believe in God's holy word and we believe that God will truly come back and judge us, judge believers as well as unbelievers. If we believe that souls are truly on their way to hell without Jesus, we need to take a stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to take a stand for truth. Amen? We need to take a stand for holiness and righteousness. We need to take a stand against sin, against murder, against homosexuality, against the secular worldview. We need to take a stand. We need to get a spiritual backbone and learn to stand on God's word without apology amen. and this morning I'm talking to you about taking a stand against violence do you guys know how crazy it is out there in this world we're just a week or two two weeks ago there was a 14 year old girl that was assaulted right here in our neighborhood on her way to school she was violently attacked in our own neighborhood. And that should not sit right with us. We need to take a stand against violence. What is violence? It's a behavior that involves physical force to intent intent to hurt, damage, or kill someone or something. For example, murder, assault, rape, abortion. A baby is not safe in its mother's womb. Physical abuse, verbal verbal abuse, sexual abuse of any kind, that is what violence is. And God looks down upon this world, and I believe that God is grieved. I believe that God is grieved in his spirit because his creation is turned against it, against him, against his word, against his values. Please turn with me to Genesis six, five. Here we have the account of we have the account of Noah and the flood. Genesis 6:5 it says the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled so the Lord said i will wipe from the face of the earth the humans i have created and with them the animals The birds, the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I had made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. It says, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. And I'm surely going to destroy them and the earth. Do you think that God looks down on America and is pleased? We come to church and we praise God and we feel his presence. You feel His presence? Do you hear Him in your spirit? When Pastor Joe told you to sit down and listen to His voice, did you hear His voice? Yes, absolutely. We hear the voice of God. And we say, God bless me and bless my family. And we come here and we hear a word of God that stirs us up, don't we? We come here and we get encouraged to be a Christian. But what happens throughout the week? Maybe we just forget about the word of God. Maybe we're just too busy. But there's a world that is grieving God around us. Our neighbors are not living for Jesus. Our neighbors may not know God, and yet we are okay and just sit back when God is calling us to be a voice into ch- this generation, to take a stand against violence, to take a stand against everything that is wicked in his eyes. How is it okay that there is a church in every community in our city is If not the worst city where crime is taking place, the violent acts are taking place. How is it okay that we meet with the living God and such acts can take place under our watch in our lifetime? See, a a secular humanistic worldview would tell you, well, we just need more programs. We need more after school programs. There's so many people with mental issues we need more mental health programs to help them we need to intervene a little sooner we need to be more understanding and accepting of such people and that's what a secular worldview would tell you but you can't fix the problem of violence in the natural because it's a heart issue violence is a heart issue it stems from the heart the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 17:9 if you want to turn there with me. Jeremiah 17:9 says, "The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick, who can understand it?" Matthew 15:19 says, "For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander who is it that can change this heart of ours that is so wicked in the eyes of God is it teachers and mentors and counselors A mayor, a president, absolutely not. Let me tell you who can change the heart of people. It's Jesus Christ and him alone. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that transforms from the inside out. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has gone and the new has come. He brings new life. He transformed from the inside out. So many times we want to transform people from the outside in. We want to say, you just be a good person, you just do good, and you're going to do all right all by yourself. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. We cannot do all right all by ourselves. We've created a mess. When we tell people, you do what feels good for you, I'll do what feels good for me. Let me tell you, sometimes what feels good for me is not going to feel good for you. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, in the flesh, don't we want to act crazy? In the flesh, we want to do things that are contrary to the spirit of God. And we want to tell our children, you do what's okay. You be who you want to be. You grow up and do all that you want to be. And that's why we have so many children, so much youth, wandering around without a purpose. Wandering around without knowing what their purpose in this life is because they don't know the God who has given them a purpose. Amen? Jeremiah 24 7. God says, I will give them a new heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people. I will be their God, for they will return to me. And he's talking about the nation of Israel, but I believe this is the God who can change our hearts too. It's for all people all around the world. In Ezekiel 36, 26, he says, moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Psalms 51, David says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, renew in me a steadfast spirit. In Ezekiel, he says, And I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them, and I will take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Amen? He can do it. He's the one that's going to change and transform. And guess what? The Spirit of God is within us. The Spirit of God is within each and every person in here who is called upon the name of Jesus, who knows him as their Lord and Savior. And God says he wants to use you to impact a community. He wants you to use you to stand against violence. I believe another reason why We don't see people stand against violence or another problem within the church and why we need revival to be stirred up and to be moved is because we have so many preachers, so many believers who are so afraid to preach the gospel, the full gospel, to preach against things such as sin, to preach such things such as hell. The Bible says that there's false prophets, that there's false teachers that come and they tell you what your itching ears want to hear. Have you heard about those people? And I believe that there's so many people in this world within the body of Christ who are doing that because they want to be attractive to the world. And that cannot be us. That cannot be the church of Jesus Christ. We need to fear what God fears. We need to hate what God hates. Do you understand? We need to love what God loves. And the Bible says in 2 Peter 2, That these false teachers, they're like springs without water. Do you know what a spring without water is? Imagine yourself on a on a long journey. Maybe you went hiking. Or something and you're just so parched and you're so exhausted and you think you see a spring up ahead and you run up to the spring and you think oh my gosh finally i can rest i can just you know fill myself up with so much water right now and it's dry it's a spring without water or let's say you go to the gym and you just had like this great workout right and you're just sweating and you're just parched and you're just, you reach for your water bottle and all of a sudden you see that you forgot to fill it up. Somebody could hand you a protein bar, a towel right to wipe off your sweat and that's not going to do it because all you need is water. And what false teachers, false preachers, false prophets, whatever you want to call them, they're not preaching God's word. They're like springs without water because they have the gospel of Jesus Christ and they're not giving it to a dry and thirsty world. We are called to be springs with water because we serve the one who serves living waters, Jesus Christ. Amen? We are called to give this generation what they need. They may not ask for Jesus specifically, but you know that they need Christ. You know that there's violence in this community, in the city of Chicago, because we've pushed God away from our city. We've pushed God away from our homes. People say we need to restore prayer into schools. We need to restore prayer back in the home. We need to restore Jesus Christ and his holiness back in our home. The nation is dying without Jesus amen? Many times we pray to God, God, give me a divine appointment. Oh, God, give me a divine appointment. I want to be used by you, right? We wake up in the morning and we say that sometimes, but we don't understand that we are divine appointments. That God has divinely appointed us, believers of Jesus Christ, to meet with the lost and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. And that's why the church of God needs revival. That's why you and I need to be stirred up in our spirit this morning. It's not okay just to come to a Sunday morning service and walk out the same. We walk out the same, we go to lunch, we take a nap, we wake up, and we do it over again. When is enough enough? Is it when it hits close to home and the violence hits close to home and it's one of our family members or friends? Let me name off a few of the things that happened this week. Maybe you saw them on your news feed. You scrolled past them like I do many of, many of the times. Maybe you flipped on Channel 7 News and, and heard about this. Did you hear about it? December 23rd? There was a man who threw his son off of a 50 two-story building in New York City and then he followed because of a custody dispute he chose because it felt right for him that was how he was gonna fix the problem he was gonna throw his son off and then he was gonna follow on December 25th there was a man found decapitated in his basement apartment his stepson allegedly the murderer December 25th, a 17 year old pregnant girl was found shot. She died in the hospital. Her baby is now in critical condition. On December 27th, a man shot in the face while driving on the expressway. And he was able to drive himself to the hospital and be treated. Something's not right something's not right in our culture where this is normal and if i know that i feel it and i feel that it's just normal i know that you feel it as well where we see things in our news feed maybe on facebook or you know uh, on the on the internet and we just keep scrolling and it's like oh man that stinks so oh, that's so sad god be with them and then that's it it doesn't affect us it doesn't penetrate the heart anymore that's not okay we've become desensitized in this culture that does not value life not one bit this is not to stir up our emotions this morning this is to stir up our spirit I don't want to appeal to your emotions I want to appeal to your spirit that they would be changed there will be change in us individually and as a body of Christ Four reasons why I believe we don't take a stand against violence I'm sorry, three reasons. Number 1, we don't pray. Number 2, we may have fear. And number 3, we ourselves may have hatred in our own heart. You could put anything in there. We may, ourselves may be still bound by sin. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 26:40 40 to 41. says, Jesus is here with his disciples, the ones who are closest to him. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus knows that he is about to go forth and lay down his life for us. And he was, he's grieved in his spirit and he wants to pray. It says here, he asked them to, to keep watch with him for an hour. Or keep watch with me, he says. And he goes off and he comes back. It says, Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The people closest to Jesus, the disciples who knew the, the power of prayer, who saw Jesus meet with the Father, on a regular basis, and he says, keep watch for me, and they themselves could just give way and fall asleep. They didn't understand maybe fully, and I think that we don't fully understand the power of prayer, and I think that many times we can allow things to take that secret time that we have with God where we are transformed in his presence, where he can share his heart with us and his people, where we can weep, on behalf of this nation and the atrocities that take place there's so many excuses I know as a mom and talking to other moms one thing that I hear is I don't have time my children take up all my time I'm so busy and I don't believe that's true I believe that's a lie from the pit of hell I believe that if you take time to go from appointment to appointment i believe that if you can take time to be on your facebook to be scrolling through your emails making phone calls i believe that you can sit down and pray even if your child is right next to you i believe it's not an excuse my children this my children that i believe that that's not from god it's a beautiful thing for your children to watch you pray it's a beautiful thing for our children to see us open up the word of god And they will grow up knowing, hey, my mom prayed. My mom talked to God. My dad would intercede, would get on his knees and weep. I don't believe that that is an excuse. I believe we don't pray because we don't want to pray. Leonard Ravenhill says if we are weak in prayer, we are weak everywhere. He also said no man is greater than his prayer life. We cannot do more then pray we cannot if we're doing things we're doing ministry we're reaching out doing community service this and that and we haven't met with God it's not really for him if we're not asking him to be there with us to to sit there with us to minister with us excuses you're exhausted we don't understand we can't afford not to pray we cannot afford not to pray God's the one that's going to move in us and through us. It's not on our own doing. Number two, we have fear. 2 Timothy 1.7. I believe that many people de- deal with fear in many, many different ways. Fear of man, fear of failure, fear of the unknown, you name it, fear. And it's not of God. Fear is the opposite of what God commands from his children. God commands faith. He said, anything not done in faith is sin. Isn't that what he said? In Second Timothy 1.7, here's Paul speaking to his disciple Timothy. He says, for the Spirit of God, I'm, I'm reading it in a different version. It says, for God did not, for the Spirit of God gave, does not make us timid. Let me read that one more time. Second Timothy 1.7, for the Spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The Spirit of God does not make us timid. The Spirit of God makes us opposite of timidity. It makes us bold. The Spirit of God makes us empowered, empowers us to go forth and do things. And when we have fear to go forth and stand out on the streets, to talk to complete strangers, maybe we fear we don't know all the answers. Maybe we might fear rejection. We've heard people not wanting to go out to our outreaches at the Puerto Rican festival because they're afraid because it's too dangerous. Guess what? God is not always so concerned with our comfort. God will place us where exactly where he wants us to be. And if we are obedient to his call, that's going to be the safest place for you to be because you're going to be in his will. Amen. Fear. Fear. It's from the devil, it's not from God, and it will hold you back from doing so many, so many amazing things for the kingdom of God. And number three, I believe that we ourselves can have hatred in our our own hearts. Matthew 5.22 says, Jesus speaking, But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone that says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in the danger of the fire of hell. Anger in our hearts will hold us back. Anger in our hearts, sin, hatred, bitterness. In our hearts will hold us back from so much things. And it's sin in the eyes of God. And as believers, sometimes we think, well, I don't do drugs anymore. I don't drink. I don't have sex outside of marriage. I don't do this. But God is looking also at the heart. God is looking at our heart. And if we ourselves are bound by sin, we can't preach freedom to somebody else. We can't go out and take a stand against violence when our own hearts are full of the same exact violence that they are full of. We need to allow God to do a work in us, to set us free. Amen? That we would experience freedom in our lives, that we would go out and proclaim that. Four ways that I I believe that, that we can apply this is, number one, is pray for revival in our lives. If you guys could please stand to your feet with me. I want us to take some time, and I want us to pray and intercede for revival in our own lives. We want number 2, we want to pray against spiritual battle over our nation. Number 3, we want we should repent for unforgiveness, bitterness in our own heart. It's time. It's time to get on our knees. It's time to pray. It's time to intercede. It's time to ask God to give us his own heart. Band, if you could please come up here. It's time to take the authority that God has given us to cast down dominions over our city, over our families, amen? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Who wants to see this community right here be changed? To not be known for gangs and murders and violence. For the city of Chicago, for the strongholds over the city to be torn down. For it not to be known as something like Chirac because we have more murders here than we do in the Middle East. For our city to be known as a nation that has repented and turned back to God. For our city to be known as a nation, as a city that fears God, that knows God, that has gotten on their knees and has prayed to the living God. Come on, why don't you start praying with me right now. Oh, Heavenly Father, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you, Lord. We need you, God. We need you, Lord. Your church of God needs to be stirred up and awakened this morning, God. That as we meet with you, dear God, we will be changed and transformed. Transformed. Go out and see the world changed around us. If you are grieved in your spirit, if you are grieved by the wickedness and the violence that's taking place around us, that is a form of entertainment nowadays. If you are grieved by that, I want you to cry out to God. I want you to ask God to save this city. I want you to ask God that he would raise up ministers of the gospel, that he would raise up people who don't fear man, but fear him, that he he would go forth, that we would go forth into the schools, into the colleges, into neighborhoods, and we would proclaim God's word. Jesus. You Lord, we need a move of God, we need a move of God in our churches, dear God. We need, your God,
3: selflessness,
6: dear God. Jesus. Oh, that we wouldn't be okay in sending off our kids to school with fear in our hearts, wondering if they're going to be harmed in any way. God, that's not okay. That's not of you. Father, we pray that there will be a change in our culture, that teachers would rise up who fear you, who love you and adore you. Teachers who would lay down their lives, dear God, with a self-sacrificing love for their children. Hallelujah. I want to invite my prayer workers up here to the front this morning. If you are a person who deals with anger in your heart, maybe you have bitterness, unforgiveness, and you know that it's not right with God, and it's maybe it's been hindering you. I want to invite you up here, and our prayer workers want pray with you God wants to set you free from anything that's happened in the past God wants to set you free from any harm anyone has done inside of you if anyone has hurt you sexually abused you verbally abused you put you down tried to steal your innocence That was not from God, and that was the enemy trying to steal your purpose, to steal your joy, to steal your peace in this life. And God is saying, you want to be a light, but you can't because you're still bound. He wants to heal you. He wants to break those chains this morning. I want to invite you to come forth. Amen. We're going to give you some time right now as the band begins to worship and pray. I invite everybody else to just continue to pray and intercede for the city of Chicago. I pray for a breakthrough to happen right now in our own lives, that we would begin to see what God sees, that we would feel what God feels. Hallelujah. We would be the same
3: again.
4: Before we dismiss, we're going to give time to pray, so please don't get be in a hurry. We're going to give time to pray, and then we're going to sing a corporate song of worship together. Those who need prayer, come on up. We're just going to lift you up right now. For any need now, please come forward if it's not just something about violence or being abused or hurt, uh, but if you just need prayer for a sickness in your body, or you need encouragement in your marriage, or you want to give your heart to Jesus, maybe break a sin habit in your life, just come forward right now, anything. If you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit and power, you've heard us pray in other languages. We believe that's the baptism of fire, the baptism of the Spirit. You can receive that today. The Bible says you'll be empowered to be His witness. As uh, Pastor Grisela was preaching, the word of John Adams came to my heart. He said, our Constitution was meant for a moral and religious people. It's unfit to govern any other. We need a people with a moral foundation again. We need co-workers and friends and neighbors to have a moral foundation again. We pray that God will be that foundation.
2: Hallelujah.
4: Amen. Bless all those receiving prayer, Lord. Let's put up the words and sing this together. Just those who are receiving prayer, just to receive what God has for you. Those just in the audience, can you sing this with us today? We're going to get up the words for you. Let's just start a new year with God. We're condemning violence, and we're praying for people with need. What better way to start the new year? Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here with the people that we are today. You're welcome right here. Feel
2: the
3: atmosphere. Jesus. Jesus. Our
4: Come on, can we just sing this for a few moments today before we go? Here are the words. This is our prayer today. Holy Spirit, Jesus.
2: what we need God
4: we need you to flood this place God
3: thank you God Jesus come on let's sing it one more
4: time Holy Spirit and brother Andrew would you get that blog up world views please thank you Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Do it, God. By
2: your
4: oh. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Those who are praying, I want you to keep praying. I want the rest of you to be seated and give me 60 seconds. Those who are praying, I want you to keep praying. They're going to keep praying. But how many noticed the culture war with what happened with Phil Robertson and A&E and Duck Dynasty? Anybody notice that? Now, we were talking about this before that ever came up. But I want you to understand something. That is just the tip of the iceberg. No matter how you fall on that, it's just the tip of a culture war about ready to break out into the public sphere even more Chick-fil-A you guys remember that with the Chick-fil-A issue they wouldn't let Chick-fil-A come to Chicago you know that our Wicker Park alderman at that time would not let them come because of their business supporting uh, supporting non-homosexual marriage do you guys understand how cray cray that is but I want you to look at this right here when it comes to evolution when it comes to violence when it comes to anything in this world in america i cannot speak about china i have i would take a whole another discussion to explain why communism tries to replace god communism socialism dictatorship i just don't have time but just follow me here for america we have a choice to interpret the problems and the issues we have so violence We're going to look at it through the Bible, and how is the rest of the world going to look at it? Through human reason without the Bible. See, I use my reason with the Bible. Does everybody get that? So what Pastor Griselda was saying today is we have a problem with violence in America. So what did she just say was the answer? She gave a biblical answer. Did she not? She gave a biblical answer. She said, okay, there's a problem. This is it. It's the same thing like with evolution. We are created in God's image. We see it that way. okay. But if you go to a secular worldview, what are they going to give you? An opinion that comes from secularism. And, and she didn't go into the depth of it, but we had in weeks prior, so get the video. And it's humanism and materialism. Somebody say humanism. Somebody say materialism. What humanism means in our culture is that humans make what is right. We decide what is right. Materialism basically means that whatever we see in the material world, that's all that we need. Something that's coming out of materialism right now is called scientism. Whatever can be proved in a scientific lab is true. But can you prove love for your daughter in a scientific lab? Can you prove uh, loyalty and honesty in a science lab? No. A A person once said to me, I only believe what science teaches. Can science teach you to only believe what science teaches? Science teaches no one anything. It's just observation, experimentation. Are you guys with me? Making hypotheses. Science doesn't teach you anything. Man learns from science. So once again, we're either going to come to our problems in 2014, like what Pastor Griselda was saying, from man's ideas or God's ideas. Okay? Man's ideas or God's ideas. So we're going to come to the issue of abortion from man's ideas or God's ideas, how do you see it? Well, you look at it, put on your worldview glasses, you put on the Word of God, and you look at the world. You're going to see children in the womb having the nature of God, the divine spark that He put in them, His image, and you're going to say they're worthy of life. But if you put on the glasses of worldliness, human reason, You're going to say, oh, this is just a blob of flesh. It doesn't live outside the womb yet, so it doesn't deserve to live. I can kill it if I want, and it's not really life. That's what you can do. Are you with me? So same thing. You're holding up violence. Okay, how do we solve the problem of violence? Well, you can put on the human reason without God, and you can say, we need more teachers. We need more police. We need to become a police state. We need to make the government bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Fascism, dictatorship. Uh, you know We need to have something that's in charge that makes everybody happy so there's no poverty. And then we need to make a government so, uh, make, it, it makes the fear of committing a crime so detrimental that no one dares to do it. You don't dare commit a crime in North Korea. Why? Because the leader of North Korea just executed publicly just a few thousand people the other day. 2,000 people. Boom, boom, boom. You're all the dead. So you see, that's human reason. More of this. More. But what does God's reasoning say? We need more God. We need, we need to pray. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's the divide. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Okay, where is your stand going to be? what are you going to do so let's just say on your job so now how are we going to look at this job how are we going to look at the companies in america how are we going to look at the business industries the restaurant how are we going to look at? are we going to look at it like through the worldly lens which is make as much money as you can in iran destroy the common worker do as much as you can big business oversizing capitalism to crush everything else or are you going to look at your business as Through God's point of view, I am doing a service for people, receiving a pay for that, and it's fair, and I'm able to provide for those in need with that and and my family. So my family, and I have a little bit extra so I can help my neighbor. So the neighbor doesn't have to go to the government for help. My neighbor can come to the church or to here or something that I support with charity because we do it. We don't need the government to do it. Are you guys with me? So that's your job. So how are you going to work your job? You're going to do it for the money, you're going to do it for God. The Bible says do all things unto God. Going to school, education. How are you going to have your education? If you put on human reason, well... The smarter I am, the more money I'll make, the happier I'll be. So we teach all of our university kids that, and we had one of them visiting you know, last week from U of I, and what do they do? They, on a whole, they go there and they party. They waste a lot of their time. They try to get all this information. They go ahead and get that job, and then 10 years later, after their first divorce, after their second or third uh, bankruptcy, after all this, they begin to realize this pursuit of an American dream didn't work. Hello? Or you go to university, what? We established Harvard, Princeton, and Yale for Bible Colleges is you put on the glasses and you go I'm coming to this university to discover the call God put on my life so that I can do all things as unto God if I'm going to be a farmer I'm going to be a great farmer unto God if I'm going to be a banker I'm going to be a great farmer a banker unto God whatever I do here I'm going to do unto God so I'm not going to university for them to plug me into a purpose called the American dream and spit me out and then me realize it doesn't make me happy no I'm going to the university because I got a purpose here that's going to come out through the information they give me see that that's just the difference so how do you look at your job? How do you look at education? And then just closing it out, how do you look at violence? Okay, I pray. see, so this is what I do. I pray for the Chicago Tribune weekly on my phone. I got the app, Mugshots, and I just go through them. God be with them. God be with, them. God save this young man. You know, and I just go to save this young woman. Oh God, have mercy. So I look at it like God needs to change them. Because I used to be violent, I used to be angry, I used to assault people, and I look at it like, what changed in me was God changing my heart. So I pray for them, God changed their heart. We have former gang members in this church, and they say what changed them was God changing their heart. But if you don't believe that, then go volunteer only. See, we still will volunteer, but only volunteer. Only do that, and you'll see... When you put on the world glasses of human reason, you'll see that all of our programs, all of those things will fail without God intervening. And that's why the church, as she said, has to be the center of what we're doing. So this, this, tr- this tragic thing that happened right on our street... Right down the road on Long and Fullerton. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody watch the news? Long and Fullerton, a girl sexually assaulted right there. What do we say? We're going to pray for this neighborhood. We're going to stand out on the streets and invite the children in to our children's program and teach them the morals and the foundation. We're going to go to the high schools and teach young people about Jesus and have opportunities for them to learn. We're going to help them find jobs through the congregation of the people that we have here. But first and foremost, we're going to pray that God change. their heart. So that's 2014. Do you want to get into God's answer, into what God has, or do you want to do it man's way and just scroll up? And I'm closing like this. Sorry, I had to preach again, but I just felt it. When we go into the workforce, when we go into the community, and we say, I'll lay down my biblical worldview to interact with you here, they have already won the battle because they come to the job with their worldview. They come to the university. Everybody has a worldview. What they want to try to tell you is your worldview doesn't belong in the public. Your worldview doesn't belong in universities. But hey, if they put on God we trust in the Bible, still swear upon it in the highest office, have a challenge. That prays before every Congress meeting, and if we had a nation that was uh, that said it was meant for a moral people, I'm going to bring my worldview wherever I can until you expose your worldview, which is intolerance, and you lock me up. So until you lock me up, shut me down, I'm going to bring my worldview into this business. I'm going to bring my worldview into the schools. I'm going to bring my worldview onto the police department. That's my worldview. And here it is. I don't force it on anybody. But this is what I believe. This is what I believe. I believe this. And I, I love it when I stand with the founder of our nation and John Adams. And that, that, that's great, I stand with him. But if I was in a nation that never had those principles, I would still stand on this principle. Are you with me? So we don't just do it because other men did it. And just scroll up one more, because I want you to see this in closing as we close out the series. Everybody says they have these things. So you're going to talk to your friend, and they're going to say, well, you know, what's right for you is right for you, but it's not right for me. They're going to say something that's relative. And then what you want to do is ask them, Is that statement, it's not right for me but only right for you, is that only right for me or only right for you? Who is it right for? Because if that statement is right for everybody, then you can no longer say, I only believe in truth, is right for you and not for me. And if they say, no, I don't believe in a such thing as absolute truth, everybody has an opinion, ask them, is that an opinion? Because if your opinion is there is no absolute truth, it's only opinion, then that's the first absolute you just said. Because people, when they try to divorce truth from reality, it's contradictory. And contradiction is a sign of a failed logic or failed mindset. Are you guys with me? See, we all say we believe in logic. We all say we look at science, u- uniformity of nature. And for the most part, we all agree upon morals. But the difference is we establish ours through God. Now, once we get into the God conversation, we talked about this in weeks prior, the Muslims going to say their version, the Catholic, etc. And we can debate over which God gives us that best foundation. But I'm telling you right now, I will side with a Catholic, I will side with anybody that at least says starting blank, start one. We got to start with God, foundation. From there, I'll, I'll, I'll teach the Mormon that he has lost his God-given mind if he thinks he's going to inherit a planet and populate it with these many wives. I will speak to the Muslim, have a book in the back, that if he thinks Allah actually came down through Gabriel to speak to Muhammad in a cave, this was a demonic spirit that lied to him and twisted the truth. We will do that till the cows come home. But the bottom line is what we're saying is our foundation is justified. We have a reason. So somebody goes, well, why do you Christians say homosexuality is a sin? Here's the reason, Bubba, because the Bible said so. And if they go, well, you guys are just Bible nuts, ask them, why do you think homosexuality is not a sin? Because you said so. So the bottom line is it's you said so versus God said so. Who do you want to bank on? I'm banking on that foundation. And then the last slide right here. In closing, for the third time. It is through this process of evolution, don't have time to get into it, but the moment we started saying we don't need God to explain how we got here, we began to say we don't need God to explain what to do once we're here. I do take too long to explain it, but once you remove God from how we got here, now you don't need to have God explain what you do while you're here. And what we go back to is that we were created in God's image. The scientist says, well, you're an animal. No different than another kind of animal because we classify animals like this and you're a mammal. We classify you like this. No, but we look to the Bible and we see we have a conscious soul. That's how we know we're different. And if they say prove you have a conscious soul then I'll just say this you take a fe- if you're a male take a female ape and try to procreate with this ape and have a relationship or have a woman there's a difference between us and our closest ancestor it's because we're made differently no matter how much they want to say we came from that ancestor that ancestor does not communicate talk nor look or act like us. You are not an ape. I don't care if an ape has two eyes and you have two eyes and it has fingers and it. you have a, you know, a thumb that can move. It don't matter. You are different. You are not an animal. You are a human being. God was very clear in the Bible. You're made from the race of Adam. And there's only one race. The human race. Though our eyes and melatonin and our skin may be different, but we are one people. One people from Adam and Eve. Amen. So go out from here. and Put your trust in God's word. And don't be angry and sassy about it. Be happy. You know where you're going when you die. You know how you got here. And you know what you're supposed to do. So share it with the world. Hey, you know... Our man Phil Robertson, Doug, Doug Hunter, he shared it his way. You share it your way. Share it with people that let them know this is what I stand for. Hey, let's let's go back to work, and that's great. But you know what? This is why I work. Hey, let's let's go out to lunch. This is why I do what I do. Look at my family. Do you know and everybody stand up, please? Do you know that Nancy and I cannot go anywhere right now? I want you to hear this as a testimony, Tony, because I know you got some big plans with you and Jerry. You just went and met her family in Phoenix. I'm with you. I love you. But I want to tell you something, Tony, and, and God is my witness. Nancy and I cannot go anywhere right now without people saying, your family is so different. I'm telling you, am I telling the truth? God is my witness. And I'm not talking like people who live in a cave who ain't never seen nobody. And I'm not like talking about people who just say it to say it. I'm talking about we're eating that Buffalo Wild Wings, Brian, because you want to have a family one day, right? You don't want to be celibate the rest of your life do you you called to be single (laughs) look at this right here we're in the wing place we've already prayed for our meal and everything the waiters already taking care of us he comes to us and he says you are by far the coolest family i have ever seen he said me and my co-workers sat back and watched you guys pray for your meal and then interact. And he said, By far, you are the coolest family I've ever seen. Why are people so amazed at families today? Because half of the people aren't even living with the person that they're having children with. It's becoming now a shack up relationship generation. People aren't used to having children, it being a blessing. We're having children and being a blessing. That, and that's why I want you to do this holiday season: is make your family a blessing. Get it in order. Have a good life. It doesn't mean anything if you just come here and you don't live in it back there. Man, today when you go out for lunch, get your family in order. Amen. Love your family. Take care of your family. Because when it's there, it doesn't matter where what this world does. Man, that family is a testimony to God. And I promise you, it will impact people. I won't keep you here all day, but it impacts people in my life. And I never realized it until Nancy and I started thinking, man, this person said this, this person said this, and they have no idea how cray-cray our family is. But I'm just wondering, when was the last time they saw a family with three kids pray? Probably never even seen that. Why would you say that if you didn't mean it? They meant it. And they're looking at you guys. They're looking at you at the college campus. Even my brother, he was spiky here. The people are watching him. People are watching. Jose works at the schools. People are watching you. And they just want to see, are you different? Then you can preach your word. Let's hold each other's hand like a family. Come on, man. Michael Jackson up in this place. Hallelujah. Hey, man, you going to pray for us, little Mike? You're going to dismiss us, amen? Pray a happy New Year blessing over everybody. Amen. People have been asking me, we're having a New Year's Eve service. I've been telling them, no, but I'm going to make a change of plan. It's at your house now. The New Year, and you guys are going to do the Dance Dance Revolution video game and get cray-cray with it, right? (laughs) That's what you all like to do? Okay, so it's at Christmas house. No, I'm just kidding. Please pray, my brother.
2: Yes, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord. We just look at this new year, God, as a transformation time, a new season, God. So much that you're doing right now, God. Right now, we claim this city for you, God. We're so thankful of your teachings, God. We're so thankful of the transformation in us, God. And we pray that we take all that we have learned all that we are seeing in you, God, all that we are understanding, God, we pray that we are not afraid, God, to go out and speak that word to a dying nation, God, to give it all, God, give every single thing that we have, God, for your glory, in Jesus' name.
3: Amen.
4: Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Amen. Have a happy new year. You are dismissed. The band's going to rock out if you want the after party, but otherwise, we'll see you next week. God bless you.
2: In my, we we'll in my life, we lived to our world. In my life, we lived In my world, we lifted.